Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I am your host, James O'Hagan, and this week I get to boiler up. I have a person from my own alma mater, Mr. Chris Bishop. He is the Associate Director of Business Development at Purdue University. Chris, thank you for being a guest with me on the Academy of Esports podcast today. James, thanks a lot, man. It's uh, it's great to talk to you on the podcast. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. And and what we're talking about today is how, I guess, our, our we're going to get into our uh, journey, if you will. It's been a three-year journey. It's hard to believe that you and I started with a conversation just outside of uh, uh, Illinois State University where we met on a very cold, wintry night. There was snow and ice everywhere. But uh, before we get into that and what that has led to, this amazing symposium that we have coming up on campus in, in West Lafayette in April, I want to make sure that the audience gets to know you a little bit because uh, this is this is a conversation. This isn't so much an interview, but again, it's a give and take thing. So just to get to know you a little bit, uh, Chris, what's a game? And it doesn't have to be a video game. It stands out as having been important to you at some point in your life. And why was that maybe meaningful? Yeah, so it's a good question. I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. So uh, the first one is uh, is baseball. Um, I grew up playing baseball, played in high school, played in college. Um, so the competition part was a big was a big thing for me. But also, it was a way. It was a community building thing for me. So back, you know, before we had. Um, before we had community online and things like that, that's how our friends got together. We played, we played something called cup ball at the little league field, or we would go play home run derby, or we would, um, you know, we would watch baseball games. That's actually a way that my mother and I connected is through baseball. She's a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan with the big red machine back in the seventies being her favorite team of all time. So, you know, so that, that was, so I think for baseball would be, um, the non-video game and the video game uh, would be amazingly enough guitar hero. Uh, I was also a musician in college um, and what what guitar hero did and then later rock band did for music and, and for you know and I'm sure that you like a lot of that same music the you know the 70s and 80s and, and with what they did with Led Zeppelin and Cheap Trick. <clears throat> excuse me, and those bands was just amazing. And it really brought a renaissance to to music as a whole. So I think those two would be the two games that have really shaped me. And, and I would agree with Rock Band and, and Guitar Hero because it introduced me to songs that I didn't necessarily appreciate at the time. But when you get into it in a game, then you start to appreciate it a little more, just the intricacies and the nuances. And thankfully, you said baseball, because for me, baseball... It's in similar ways, I grew up in the San Francisco area, well, in Kansas City in the in the early 80s, getting to see George Brett and Willie Wilson and Hal McRae and all that great players there. And then to live in the Bay Area in the late 80s and early 90s to see the Will Clarks and the Kevin Mitchells and the Jose Consecos and the Mark McGuire's and the Dave Stewart's. I mean, and that's what got me into video games was building these teams into these computers and looking at statistics. Yes. I mean, I, I completely understand what, what you're talking about there. Now, uh, again, this is something that is totally eccentric or it's maybe quite traditional, but what's your superpower? What's the thing that you want to do better or can do better than most people? Or what is it you wish you could do? Yeah, it's certainly nothing I can do, but I'm a huge fan of history. So time travel would be 
a big thing for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of American history. So I would love to actually go back and see um, Boston in, you know, the mid to late 1700s, um, more, more the mid, you know, mid 1700s and, and what that looked like. I, you know, I, I read the books and, and I've seen the shows, but I, I would love to really go back and, and physically be a part of that world. Very cool. I, I just got to make sure you don't step on a bug or, you know, bump into somebody and keep them from getting somewhere. I mean, I've watched oh, there has enough to be, doc- there has to be rules about it too. Yeah. There has to be rules. <laughs> I can't, you know, we can't alter, we can't alter the space time continuum or, or whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's one song. And again, this, maybe this goes back to uh rock band or guitar hero, but what's that one song whenever it hits the speakers, you are going to sing along to it. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and, and Good no. or bad. Yeah, please tell me that you don't have these queued up. Um, no. So, I, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of music, um, but and Sirius XM, um, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yacht Rock, man. Yacht Rock is. I enjoy is the my Yacht jam. Rock radio station. You have a friend. Don't worry about it. So, right. I, um, you know, so there's a couple in particular. Um, Africa by Toto is, is a huge one. And, and one of them that this is this is one that people love or hate it's very polarizing uh call me al by paul simon oh yeah i i huh. totally dig that song i i'm just i'm a huge fan of of that song that that is a that is one of the most underrated albums of all time the graceland album by paul simon but um yeah call me al it's a and it and it's it, it's one of those it's one of those that the video is just about as weird as it can get it's it's chevy chase lip syncing mm-hmm. and singing the song it just it but it but the song itself is just is such a phenomenal song as is africa by toto that's that's one of my all-time favorites that anytime that song comes on i pretty much have to stop what i'm doing uh, my kids know africa very well they sing along to it as well it's one of those ones i you know that has skipped the generations uh, I also found through Yacht Rock Radio my appreciation that I didn't have when I was a kid. Christopher Cross, for some reason. I didn't like, want to bring that one up. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this guy's like a really good singer. And he did some really amazing, iconic songs of the early 80s, too. So, yeah. yeah. All right. But uh, final thing. And this is now going to segue us into our conversation of what we're discussing today. What is one thing about your field? Uh, in your role at Purdue University, it surprises people when they first hear about it. Um, I think just the, and I'll, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll speak generally. So I work out of the Office of Engagement, which um, the best way to describe that is is outreach. So my job is to um, bring people to Purdue, or vice versa, bring Purdue to people. And I just, you know, one of the one of the things that I tell people is that is the amount of events that we do every year. Um, now this is pre pandemic, of course, cause everything has switched a little bit, but um, just out of our office conferences, symposium, things like that, we were, we were doing around 600 events a year. So the amount of outreach that's going on all over the world and the amount of things that Purdue university is doing in all facets of life, it's not just engineering, which obviously we're known for, but you know, it's the humanities, liberal arts, education, science, of course, agriculture as well. Um, Just the amount of stuff it's, you know, you're an alum, I'm an employee. It's, you know, you're proud 
when the name Purdue is brought up. Now, again, yes, we, I, yes, I know there's some things that, that, uh, shine a, a little bit of a negative light. It's about 90, 10. Um, you know, there's just so much good that Purdue is doing for society that it's just, it makes you really proud to be a part of it. Well, and, and I think too, and again, this gets us into the conversation, the meat of what we're talking about with this mm-hmm. symposium today is that we're looking at games as a, as something that it already exists on the campus in a variety of different ways. We know that there's universities that are already out there saying, oh, we're going to, you know, the, the Michigan and the Ohio State saying, oh, we're going to have a degree pathway for esports or we're going to have this for for whatever. And what I have found so great about our three, again, three years of conversations, this isn't something we started last month and said, hey, let's put a symposium together. This has been really digging into the university professors and students and culture, the alumni network and saying, where has games fit on this campus? And um, I think that what we're looking at here through your work doing again, outreach is that gaming and esports on Purdue campus is alive and well. And we have, we have connections all over the United States and the world through that. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And you know, I, I think, and, and I've, I've said this many times, and I'm sure I've said this to you as well, that, you know, sometimes gaming isn't taken seriously. Um, you know, it's it's just something that we did as kids. It's something that, you know, oh, my my son and daughter or my nephew or grandkids do, but it's, it's not something we grow out of that. Well, we say that at the same time where we have alumni who are executives in in Xbox and we have former executives in Twitch or Amazon gaming, or we have, you know, we have people who, okay, well, they may not necessarily, uh, or at the time they consider themselves gamers, but they're in this massive growing industry that's only getting bigger. So, you know, and, and yes, I, as, as I've learned and met people and researched Purdue, the, the the reach of Purdue stretches farther than I ever imagined, even in gaming. Mm-hmm. And I think what your conversations, because you've done a lot more uh, one-on-ones with people on campus directly. I know we've done some conversations together, but has it surprised when you've approached some of these professors or some of these, uh, you know, deans of, of like, for example, the deans of D- Dean of liberal arts has really come out in heavy support of this symposium, you know, and it's, Again, Purdue is a big engineering school, agricultural school, science school, but it's liberal arts right now. Not to say the other ones don't notice this. Please don't. I don't want to get written up by, you know, anybody on Purdue saying, well, <laughs> you didn't ask us. But is it, has it surprised you or maybe surprised them with the conversations that you're having about just the reach of games on campus? Yeah, um, well, you brought up you brought up the dean of liberal arts, Dean Reingold, Um who's a good man. Um, I was, I was surprised pleasantly when, when he said that, yes, I'm, I'm an avid gamer. I I thought that that was, I thought that that was, um, I, I was surprised, but it's like, this is where we're at right now. You know, when, when chancellors of universities come out and they support games as, as much as they do, you know, for instance, um, and I and I I apologize. I can't remember his name, but the chancellor at, at uh, UCI at Cal Irvine, mm. a huge fan of game uh, of gaming. Um, 
because he sees the benefit of not just what it did to the students, um, but to the but to the university as a whole. So, you know, when, when we talk about gaming across the university, um, I. I've, I, I was at first surprised, but having conversations with people like you and, you know, going back three years, my, my thoughts have changed. Um, it, it's no longer, gaming is no longer just, just a tech industry. It's also a tech industry. And, and that's one of those things where that's shaped, you know, my, my thoughts have shaped, uh, have been shaped a little bit about that in terms of, you know, well, where do we go? What can, what what can Purdue bring to the table? And yes, of course, tech. But we need to talk about those social issues. We need to talk about what it can do in education. We need to talk about the good that it can do. So from that standpoint, there's been a lot of professors, uh, staff, and students that have come to the table and said, yes, I want to be a part of this because I want to be part of that initiative where games can make a difference. Yeah. And, and again, you talk about this being a three-year conversation. Um, And it's not, what I like about the conversation as well in all of this time is that we know that there's students who are playing video games, but as you said too, there's professors, there's deans who are gamers. I, I think a lot of us are still, because of some of the negative press in the past around games and gameplay, I think a lot of us are still living in this um, idea that we are not allowed to talk about our gaming experiences, that it's supposed to be kept in the closet and kept away from everybody. And uh, don't talk about that. But as somebody who's involved in outreach, again, Purdue not just has the on-campus in West Lafayette, they have satellite campuses all over Indiana. There's Purdue Global, which is the online network now that extends worldwide. Um, what do you see as far as games, the potential of games with helping with outreach? What are some of the initiatives that you're doing right now, maybe through the university with games? Yeah. So, you know, right now we're, we're kind of in the, the beginning stages because quite honestly, once, once this picks up momentum at Purdue, I have no idea where even it can go. So, you know, a couple of the things that we're doing is we, we've we started to to develop a, a really good relationship with uh, with Microsoft Education, um, and, and those folks have just been amazing. So, one of the things that we're doing is we're using uh, Minecraft Education Edition to address uh, the fact that. Uh, we're running out of food. Um, and, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but basically what we're doing is we're teaching kids about urban agriculture. So we're running, we're actually running a pilot right now with um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Indiana. And they're using Minecraft Education Edition and we're teaching, uh, we're teaching some of their kids about urban agriculture because we want them to recognize we want them to recognize that there's an issue even in their neighborhoods and then we want to empower them to do something. So, you know, where this goes, we're we're hoping that this actually turns into an initiative to where they're building community gardens, to where they're building raised beds, things like that, to where they're actually, they're, they're, they're becoming part of the solution. Raising awareness is wonderful, but the one, one of the things I've seen, about late Gen Z and then Generation Alpha is that 
they are more socially conscious than anything we've ever seen before. They mm-hmm. want to make a difference. So what do we have to do? We need to go to where they are. We we can't expect them. We're all vying for attention right now. And we know where the attention is. And, and we've seen the numbers. And we know that they're gaming. So if we can use those games to make a difference, that's what we want to do. So for instance, like I said, with the urban agriculture and Minecraft, um, that that's the biggest thing that we're doing right now. We're also, we're also looking at other areas where, where we can use Minecraft, um, you know, to, to be an educational, uh, an educational tool, but yet that we can use that to make a difference as well in these communities. So that, that's, that's the first concrete one that we're doing. And I think what people need to realize, too, about Purdue University, because you were talking about it from a uh, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters area of, of central Indiana. But we're also talking about work with the 4-H clubs, which is in a lot of rural communities where access is not always equitable or accessible, uh, especially in some of the southern and southeastern parts of the state where it's very rural. Uh, there's not a lot of broadband development. But I know... Um, we have coming up at the symposium that we'll have on, on April uh, 4th and 5th on campus, uh, Dr. Gallardo, who's going to be, you know, again, drawing attention to the digital issues of access that we have in the communities within the state and how that relates to gaming and gameplay. Um, the, the having Mr. Stephen Reed coming to campus to promote or be, or be a keynote is a, I mean, he's coming from Cutter of all places, you know, to fly into Indiana to talk about some of the things that you're talking about with with Minecraft. So this isn't just a, a, a Purdue event, but it, I think, again, the, the, the weight of a whole university, not just in one section, but the weight of a whole university, a land grant college with 40,000 plus students, plus grad students, plus doctoral students around the importance of games. I think is a way that we need to think about this. Where do you see this going in, in say hope in your vision and your hopes, not that we're holding, you know, president Daniels to this, but what do you hope this will be in five years? So, yeah. And, you know, I, I look at what I do. I, do I think we can change the world possibly um, because there's a lot of really smart people that once they find out what games can do, or once the other part of it is, what they're doing that's related to the gaming industry, I think we can really make a big difference. Um, you know, I, I looked this up just because I had to I had to write a little bit of copy for something that we were doing. Um, and there's actually a mission of a land grant university. Um, and I think it was back in the 1870s um, that, that the 1869 government. 1869 was when Purdue was founded. Thank you. Right. So I had so to it, know my history. <laughs> we, yeah, we just had the 150th. So, I, gosh, I should have been able to do that math quickly. But um but you know, so so the land grant the 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 land grant mission came about in like like I said, either the eighteen seventies or something like that. But it's a three faceted mission, and it's to teach, to research, and to do good in communities. I think gaming can do that, um, and then some. So can it educate? Abs- I'm I'm a hundred percent bought into that. Um, I think, and again, I'm, you know, I, I can't take credit for a lot of these. I mean, the conversations we've had, you've taught me so much about how to, how to, how to steer my thinking and how to think about this. Um, I think research is a huge thing. I think that we are just scratching the surface, if that on research, I know, I know that there's, 
there there are pockets of people who are doing things. Um, I know that UCI has been a big, uh, ha, you know, started that that kind of thing. I know Kat Schreier's doing research. I know Rachel Cowart's doing research. There hasn't been. Uh, uh, there, there hasn't been uh, an institution or a group of people to come together and say, this is what we need. This is where we need to go with gaming. Let's put our, let's put our collective efforts together. I think Purdue could, could possibly be a big catalyst in that. And then the other thing is to do good for the community. I, you know, Purdue has a lot of resources. Purdue has a lot of really great, smart people, and Purdue has a wide network of alumni. I think that that's something that we need to tap into. So where is this going? I think Purdue should be a player in education. I think research is a huge thing. And then beyond that, how can we benefit our communities? Could it be through education? Could it be through some of these social issues that we're going to be looking at? Um, <clears throat> and then, the, you know, the issues of diversity, inclusion and belonging, game-based learning or, or using games in the classroom and then mental health and safety. Uh, I think those are, I think those are the areas in the next five years that, that I see Purdue um, being a big player. Could we have buildings built for, for gaming research? Um, probably, possibly, maybe I, <laughs> you know, I, boy, you know, once our development people listen to this, so, um, I may have to have a meeting with them, but, but I, I just I, I've seen in a couple years the amount of good that this can do. I, I've seen the things that Stephen Reed has done. I've seen the things that Microsoft is doing with accessibility, um, and I, I'm bought into it. And I think that once Purdue, I think that once I think that once the wave gets moving forward with Purdue, I think you're going to see a lot of those innovations really come to the forefront. Well, let's uh, let's kind of shift gears a little bit because I think we've made the case that Purdue is well positioned um, to to step forward and lead, along with the again the UCIs and 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 the Harrisburgs and such that are are also trying to lead in this space as well. Um, all right, so uh, Chris, we've got this event happening April eighth and 9th. Let's let's promote it. It's not April fourth and fifth. I think I might have even said that earlier. It's April eighth and 9th. What is going to be this event that's happening on the Purdue campus on those days? So, yeah, so what we're doing is um, because of the department that I work in with Purdue conferences and the Purdue Office of Engagement, um, we are going to we are going to, uh, I guess, execute or put on the uh, it's going to be called Games Make a Difference. And it's going to be the first annual Purdue Academic and uh, gaming and esports symposiums. So, um, so it's going to be a two-day event. The first day is going to be an academic symposium. So we've invited speakers to come in, both from the Purdue community uh, and and external speakers that are going to be speaking to each of these issues. So um, we're bringing in uh, people like Kurt Melcher, who um, you know I, I know Kurt's Kurt's a mutual friend. Um, you know, he he started the first collegiate esport program at Robert Morris. Gosh, what going on eight or nine years ago now? I think scholarships, yeah, scholarships yeah. program, yeah, yeah. So so he's going to come in and, and speak about you know why esports is not only good for but I think needed in higher education right now. Then we've mm -hmm. got Stephen Reed, who is boy there. There's not there, there's not a better, more impressive guy that I've met. Um, 
than Steven and the work that he's done. So he, you know, he's, he's going to be talking about how games can really make, make a change and make a difference in the community. I mean, and some of the stories that he's had are just amazing. Um, and then we're going to have panels. We're going to have, I, I think these are the social issues that I think Purdue is, um, is equipped to, to speak about and then to help with the solution. So the first one is going to be diversity, inclusion, and belonging. So yes, we want to, we, we want to address the fact that um, that esports and the gaming industry uh, has a bit of a diversity problem. And we want to we want to help be part of that solution. But also and you you mentioned him earlier, um, Roberto Gallardo is the head of our Center for Regional Development, and he's just doing some amazing work with rural broadband. Well, in gaming, that's a big part of inc- inclusion and, and belonging. If you can't get on the Internet you're going to have a hard time gaming, especially, but even it's, it's hard to live right now. Um, I, I just, I, it's amazing what we do in terms of, of using the internet. So, you know, so that's going to be, that's going to be the first panel. Um, and, and we have some really great speakers that, that are coming in for that. The second one is, is how games can make a difference in the classroom and lecture hall. We want to talk about experiential learning. We want to talk about intrinsic motivation. We want to talk about how games, and it's not just a feeling anymore. We want to talk about how games are being used and the research is saying positively how they're being used in, in the classroom. And I know that you have firsthand experience of that in, in your, in your position. Um, so mm-hmm. we have, you know, we, we have uh, some of the folks from Microsoft education coming in, to speak about that. We're going to have Bill Watson. Um, Bill is one of our uh, uh, professors in the College of Education who's been doing work for years in game-based learning. He runs a center for serious gaming at Purdue. So he's going to be somebody that I'm really looking forward to learning from and hearing more from. Uh, and then the third one, and, and I'm really excited about this one, is we're, we're having a fireside with uh, a couple of uh, a couple of the uh, psychologists uh, from TakeThis.org, um, Kelly Dunlap, and uh, you know a friend of yours, uh, Dr. Rachel Cohort, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we want to we want to talk about mental mental health uh, and safety in the gaming industry. Um, boy, you know I, I've read some of the studies on mental health, and it's it's scary. Yeah, um, and and I think that that's something that needs to be. I, I think that that's something that we need to address, not just the mental health, but the safety aspect of things. Um, and then our closing keynote, we're all we're going to have, and I'm excited about this one. We're going to have Susanna Pollock, who's the president of Games for Change. She's gonna she's going to talk about her organization and, and and again how they're using Games for Change. So, and then of course, last but not least, I, I can't leave out uh, our distinguished moderator, um, Mr. <laughs> James O'Hagan, uh, is gonna is gonna be the moderator for the day. So, well, and, and the one I'm, and I, I know you didn't forget her, but the one I'm really in, interested in hearing from is, is, is Samantha Blackman as well too. Oh, Professor Blackman. Um, to, again, because Purdue is seen again as an engineering school, agricultural school, but here's an English teacher who's doing amazing work in the idea of social justice around games. So mm-hmm. I am, I think it's going to be a fantastic day. Uh, it is going to be streamed. We're going to stream it out live and it'll be free to watch. Correct. I think we're still focusing on that. I don't want to put yes. words in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, um, ab- absolutely. I, I don't. Again, if we're going to talk about 
uh, inclusivity, accessibility. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I understand where we're at now. Um, I do events for a living. So, um, absolutely. Yes. I, I do want to have an in-person, um, component to this because I want them to meet some of our speakers who are taking their time to come in. I want them to meet Dr. Blackman. I want them to meet Dr. Watson. I want them to meet Steven and, and all these people who are coming in and, and to be able to use them as resources because it's, well, he, and, and I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this has been one of the more, um, uplifting and, uh, positive groups that I've had the pleasure to be a part of. Um, I've gotten so much help from you, from Kurt Melcher, from, you know, not, not to name drop. And I, that's not, that's not the purpose of doing this, but they, everybody, I've not been told no when I've asked for help yet. Everybody's been really, really supportive and, and really wanting to be a part of this. I mean, there's a lot of people who are coming in, um, on their own dime because, because they recognize, the benefit to the industry as a whole. So, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I just, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the in-person part of it, but also, you know, I want the folks in California who can't, you know, who aren't going to be able to make it to Purdue on the eighth and ninth. I want them to be able to come in or I want them to be able to at least see what the university's doing or even more personally, what their alma mater's doing. Because mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to be proud of some of the steps that that Purdue is taking. Um, and I, I oh, and I, I gosh, we've been talking about the eighth the whole time. I didn't want to forget the ninth. So the ninth, um, we're actually going to have a tournament, uh, an eSport tournament and showcase featuring some of our uh, some of our varsity games, our varsity players. Um, so that's going to be a, a really great time. We're gonna we're gonna try to do up the the our new co-rec. We're gonna try to make that into uh, our makeshift arena for right now. We are actually building a space on campus um, that's going to be a dedicated space for esports and gaming. But until that's ready, we're we're using the co-rec. So you know we're actually going to be able to come and see some of these uh, these esport athletes that we have at Purdue and some of these gamers. Um, we're going to be able to see him in action and interact with him. Well, Chris, I'm looking forward, obviously, to the event. This is a long time coming. Uh, Chris Bishop, again, Associate Director of, of uh, Business Development at Purdue University. Thank you for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. James, thanks for having me. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back on campus here in April. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter, at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And through the Academy of Esports account, at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember... 
You can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.